Hello, people, and welcome to another episode of Mike and Rob Rossi present the great Manny Grossman. Manny Grossman. How you, How you doing? doing, buddy? What's up, All right. guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Okay. Let me let me tell our fans here who Manny is in case they don't know. Um, the subject of tonight's podcast is going to be about the Son of Sam murders and the conspiracy around it that's been for the last 45 years manny has been um putting up these incredible youtube clips uh half an hour hour 15 minute long clips uh of him going through all of all of the details about the murders um a lot of information you've taken maury terry's book the ultimate uh, you've been on location at different sites, uh, murder scenes. You've talked to uh, survivors like Carl DeNaro. Um, and I just told you a couple of weeks ago, okay? Actually, you only started doing this about a month, month and a half ago, right? Half ago. Yeah, so I, I, I'm glad I found you when I did. Um, this is a subject for me that's been a bit of an obsession, okay? As, as a kid... The Son of Sam murders were happening in where I was living in Queens when I was like eight years old and scared the shit out of me. Okay. I thought he was going to get my mother. My mother fit the the perfect category, dark hair, you know, kind of long. My mother at the time and all that. So she was one of those people. She went, she didn't go blonde, but she lightened her hair a lot. Unfortunately, uh, she was believing a fable. Well, it was, but you know, in those days, you mentioned this so many times. No internet, no alternative no, 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 yeah. way of looking up information. You basically believed what you heard right. by, uh, you know, your six o'clock news. Exactly. Okay. And uh, there was another story there with the son of Sam that you know people to this day still don't know about or know very little about. And we're here tonight. I got you on because I want you to, you know, go through this with, with, with us and, and really explain it to people because, you know, people still believe the narrative that David Berkowitz acted alone, did all the shootings, and basically a 6,000-year-old a dog told him to do it, okay? <laughs> and we all know that that's not true. They, they saw it on the Spike Lee movie, which, uh, you know, forget it, okay? And... uh well, let's 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 get into it. I mean, my first question to you right, is is really what what got you to start doing this? Now, I know you've been interested in it for a long time, but what was the impetus to make you go out and really start doing this? Well, to make me start doing it uh, this time was basically, as I say in the videos, uh, Cuomo induced underemployment. Um, <laughs> you mean the pandemic? <laughs> the pandemic. As we all know, Cuomo destroyed the psychi- psychology of everyone in New York. Well, you know, most people who believed his BS and um, put us all out of work. And uh, because I was normal, I didn't want to wear a mask or any of that BS. Well, I got fired from most of my of my jobs and I had a lot of time on my hands. And um, right. so I have to say I spent the first, I don't know, nine, ten months angry, shell shocked. Like most people, absolutely yes. no idea what I was going to do. And um, I was just scraping by. And uh, just one day, two months ago, I said, F it. 
I'm going out today and I'm doing a, a show on Son of Sam. It was always an interest of mine. It was something that I heavily researched back in the old days. And I, one of the things that I did in, in my Cuomo-induced under, underemployment was watch a lot of YouTube. So I watched two YouTubers in particular. One was the Dollar Vigilante. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, uh, great uh, sort of anarcho-capitalist, anarcho um, very against the system, cool dude. Okay. And the other guy was Jason Goodman of Crowdsourced Truth. And both of these guys did what they called a, a walk and talk. I was just heavily influenced by them going around and just showing you sites and talking. It was a powerful medium and one that was so simple that anyone could go out and do. So I just went, bought some equipment and I went out and I just started it and um, had no plans. I had no clue that there was a documentary coming out on Netflix, had no I idea. It was just something to do in my time off to basically scratch an artistic itch. And so it's been a, a great run. And um, so that's basically how I got started. Yeah, I mean, the, the Netflix series that's out, uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's called Sons of Sam. Sons yeah, of Sam. And it's been very popular on Netflix. It's done very well. It's based on Maury Terry, his book from 1987 called The Ultimate Evil. Okay, now I have to say, I, I read this book when it came out that year. Very good book. Okay, it's a fantastic book. It's a long read. It's yeah. it's almost, God, I think it's like seven, eight hundred pages, something like that. Although you can't put it down once you start. No, reading. no, you cannot. And uh, it opened my eyes at the time, going back 34 years ago. Mm -hmm. But it kind of, you know, it scared the hell out of me because it, it, it made you think like, what was really going on with this cult, okay? And you know how high it go up in in, in the in you know politicians or doctors, lawyers, right. judges, people like that. Uh, when you read that book, it, it what always stuck with me is it had to go. Yeah, I'm just assuming. I got no facts, but yeah, because it it, it how could you have something like that existing? in Yonkers yeah. without people knowing about it. Exactly. And and, and uh, as you guys may know, Yonkers is the focus of my particular interest in Sun yeah. Um I first started out getting heavily into the process, thinking that Maury Terry, everything he, everything he said was the gospel truth, although I always had my doubts about the ultimate. I don't think it was that far of a quote that it went to the Mansons. I think it was more localized. Correct. I, I really... Yeah, but he went into he went into too much detail that it was like, all right, Maury, what the fuck are you the, doing? The the thing about the book, see, I I Rocker Mike, you're a little older than me, so like you got into the book um, in real time. I I didn't actually read the book until ninety six or ninety seven, a couple wow. years after I was actually into this whole story of the cult and had heard yeah. about it just locally. But when I first read The Ultimate Evil, of course, I loved it got heavily into it just like everybody but there was one little sentence that always bothered me and made me wonder about maury terry and his uh, accuracy and that was when he was talking at the end of the book about the, these murders that had taken place in long island and he said that he went out to the site and he saw the ritual site in long island and that it was satanic because there was the graffiti of the band rush there. Uh, Rush, uh, right. I forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> and so Rush, of course, 
my favorite band, Satanic, Arden Satanic. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, wait a second, what's going on here? And, um, you know, long story short, it has come out that basically all the California stuff, I call it garbage. Maybe a lot of people are getting pissed off at me for saying that. But let's just say that he was like sensationalizing stuff. And if it hadn't been in there, that book, like on, if it had just been about Yonkers, it would have been gold, gold, gold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just a, Manny, I want to ask you a quick question. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of Bohemian Grove? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think they were trying to do the same thing in Yonkers. I think all these people were part of a new Bohemian Grove. And that's what was in Yonkers. It wasn't a quote from somewhere else. But I think all everybody was getting together. Let's do this and get rid. And it was like a new, like it was like a new expansion of Bohemian Grove. Well, we don't know if it was the same exact people, but you know, like all these rich elitists. Yes. Reason, they all have the same sick fetishes. I don't know exactly yes. what. But um, yeah, we're finding out, uh, and it's all shadowy now. But we're finding a whole network of people up in Yonkers that included lawyers, judges, politicians, doctors. Um, who are all into basically sex with kids, and you know, yeah. not just your garden variety sex with kids, if you can call wow. it that, but talking about going into the middle of the woods, pouring blood all over them, peeing all over them, and raping them. And this was going on, of course, in Untermeyer Park. I have stories going back to the 1950s, right, of, of people going into Untermeyer Park, and this happened happening so. Yeah, if it was happening in Bohemian Grove, no doubt. I'm an old school conspiracy head. I've, I've known about Bohemian Grove since the 90s. Okay. Um, but whatever was happening in Yonkers was a world away. And, you know, I yeah. don't equate the two or ever equate the two. Let me ask you something. You know, I, I went to Untamaya Park last weekend for the first time. I've never been there before. Okay. And I, I don't know. I have a pretty good kind of sixth sense about things. Uh, you know, I can usually tell when something is kind of under something creepy, right? And I got that, I got that buzz there, and not just because of what I knew. Okay, I'd never been there before. All right, but just there, there is something about that place. That Absolutely, you you uh, could feel it when you're there, and then you got to me. I, I always wonder, like, why why do people pick? like that pick places it could be the energy that you're talking about that's yeah there um one thing that i always noticed about untermeyer park and it and it's strange because a lot of commenters have, have emailed me privately talking about the same phenomenon you never hear animals in untermeyer park no you never hear birds chirping you never hear squirrels you never hear was... any of that kind of stuff and um there's just something very eerie and in my and in my opinion evil yeah. about that place started by Samuel Untermeyer. I don't know too much about him other than he was involved with the Federal Reserve. So right there, he's evil in my book. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree. And then he, he bought the estate from the, the, it was the Greystone estate before that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you got to, you know, if you trace it back, the history of these places. And when I was there the other day, I, I kind of noticed something, how things were lined up in a certain way. Okay, you know, down by the uh, the carriage house, the gatehouse mm -hmm. there, where a lot of, of you know cult activity took place, 
if you go a little further down towards that blockhouse with the 44 graffiti on it, okay? Right, right. If you look up, back up that hill, it's almost a straight line to that, uh, I called it the birdcage. It's that, the eagle's nest. The eagle's nest, right. Yeah. You know, and, and it just seems like the, you know what the, these, like? these, these, things, these things mean something. Okay. There could, be, there could be some geometry happening there. I mean, you know. No, but guys, you know what it is? What's that? It's a devil worshiping circle that people don't know. It's the whole circle to the star. That's why if you go from this side, you go to straight, straight angle. If you go from this side, you're going to see. And it all makes the star. It makes the. Well, I don't know if it makes a star, Rob. But, but it, it but makes it, a, Like, yeah. if you look at it, you'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, there's no doubt that these occultists put um, all sorts of sacred geometry. They make hidden lines. They do all sorts of symbolism with numbers. But uh, that's a little bit beyond my pay grade. I'm dealing with the sickos and the Boy Scouts. and. No, but I said, when you looked at it, if you looked at it far away, you're like, what the hell? Because, like, you know what? People don't realize shit. And and you know what? Like, Yonka was through with Santeria. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time. Uh, you you know what Santeria is? Oh, the Spanish yeah, yeah, of course. has a lot of Santeria. Yeah. Yeah, well that's like um what came in after the Satanism of the eighties and nine and the early nineties, then the Santa Santeria started coming in and Yeah, yeah. And the only tell you because my mother killed uh killed a goat. Bought a goat in one of these places we could buy a goat killed it. Yeah. And everybody drank the blood, but it was Santeria. Oh. What's the devil? What's the whole thing? And my mother is one of these Santeras. Yeah, it's something different. I mean, I don't know too much about it. All I know is that every now and then I would come across roosters and, and chickens and goats. They kill roosters. You notice how, um, you know, with, with paganism, there's that, the, the elements, fire, water, air, okay? Uh Am I missing something? Is it fire, water, air, one other thing? I can't remember. What's uh, the other element? Earth, maybe. Earth, maybe, Earth, yeah. yeah. And and right there, you have pretty much all that except fire. Okay? But they made their own fire. They made their own fire. Yeah. Every and, night they were. You know, you have, the, the, you have the old the Croton, the old Croton aqueduct, right there, that's yeah. representative of what. And if you look at, and this was in Maury Terry's book, and it was mentioned in the Netflix series, there's a lot of water references in the Son of the Letters. Yeah. Okay. You know, when he says, you know, hello from the gutters of New York City and hello from the sewers of New York City. You know, when, when people in Yonkers, I'm sure you know this, refer to the old Croton Aqueduct as the gutters. Yeah. As the gutters, yeah. So, so they even it, had graffiti it, it, on that thing that you saw with the 44. Yeah. In the old days, and I I saw back in the early 90s, the remnants of it, it had a thing that said NGP on it, uh, which meant near gutters path. And you read about that in Maury Terry's book. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. It's so many quotes were in that, those letters, especially the, the later ones. I mean, he was yeah. practically trying to give himself away. To he wasn't practically. He was saying, John Wheaties, that all you had to do was look at the young. But you know what? That wasn't I'm sorry? That was not his writing. That was not David's that was writing. Not his writing. It was somebody That's else that wrote it. Correct. Um, just uh, my, I'm working right now on a new video that I'm going to be producing this weekend, probably come out Monday or so, and it's going to be on the Carr family. 
and I'm finding that they uh, call them the little letter writers. The uh, the Carr family love to write letters. Let's just put it that way. So I have a yeah, bunch of letters that they wrote to the newspaper we're going to show. And they particularly liked writing letters to authority figures. So, um, you know, between that, the penchant for them to write letters, and as well as the uh, fact that there was a design studio in that house, a graphic yes. design studio in that house, my money is on Mike Carr being the author of those letters. Uh, just in studying that family, Mike Carr was definitely the intellectual of the family. Yeah. Uh, John Carr was basically a drugged out um, homicidal maniac. Uh, his brother was too, but um, Mike was a lot smarter, it seems. So we're going to be talking about that in the new uh, in the new video coming up. It should be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Let, you know, let me ask, could we kind of break down a little timeline here for a few minutes of the of the murders okay because some people think that Berkowitz did all of these shootings whether it was people that died or not but but they think he did them and he actually owned up later on okay two of the events the two of them yeah yeah and like for instance you know the, the first the first shooting was July 29, 1976, the, uh, the Donna Loria, Jody Valenti one, okay? Right, which we showed you, those two. We, I did a video of those two yes. uh, shooting sites. Yeah, you went to that site. Now, Jody Valenti survived. Uh, Donna Loria did not. That was in the Bronx, and Berkowitz admitted to that. Right. Okay? Um, then, fast October 23rd, 1976, that was the uh, the Carl De Niro, uh, Rosemary Keenan shooting okay, in Flushing, Queens, mm -hmm. uh, near a bar called Pets, yeah. which I actually remember that bar a little bit. It was an old man bar, like it's described in your video. Yeah. The Flushing, Long Island Railroad Station. Yep. Now, in that one... Both of them survived. Uh, Carl De Niro was shot in the head in the car. Um, but the description of the shooter didn't well, match yeah. Berkowitz well, there, for that. There right? was no description of the shooter in the Carl De Niro case. Um, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because both him and Rosemary were facing forward, and the shooting came from behind, and they had no clue what was happening, and they just hightailed it out of there. Right. So yeah. The Denaro shooting actually has very little forensic evidence. Um, but at that point, they, you know, the, the police didn't make any connection between the two no. other than a 44 caliber was used. Yeah, but and even that, they didn't, they the still murders, didn't Right to. before the murder started happening. So yeah. Like yeah. Early. Right. They, right. Know they didn't yet. connect everything until March 10th of 1977. So, um, I don't remember exactly how many shootings took place before that. Uh, it, was it was one, one. It was one, two, three, four. After the fifth shooting, okay, yeah, which yeah. was uh, the Vosker, uh, Vosker, Vosker, Raj, right? I can't pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the shooting in in Forest Hills, Queens. Wow. That's the one where the girl. It's depicted in in Sam movie, the Summer of Sam movie. Where she puts the the books in front of her face. Right. Okay, that was the one where she tried to block it. Right. Which by all accounts happened, and of course, Carl Denaro brought up a good point uh, um, in his book. 
why was she carrying her books if she had a bag with her? Like, what was up with that? So, anyway, that's a whole other issue. Right. right. Okay. Now, that was on March 8th, 1977, and that was already one, two, three, four, the fifth event. Okay. You had the one in Floral Park out on Long Island, which is Queens, Long Island, right on the borderline. Uh, that one, they survived. But one of them, uh, the Massey Lomino shooting, Lomino ended up being paralyzed. And um, that one, if I remember right, the description was different than even the the Donna Loria Valenti one. Correct. Right? Well, let's remember, Berkowitz did Donna Loria. He, he admitted right. to it. Um, you know, so, so, so the, 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 the sketch of that murderer was Berkowitz, and it does look like Berkowitz. Uh, but yeah. the sketch in Lomino de Masi out in Queens was clearly the spitting image of uh, John Weedy's car. Right. It was a guy with a hair parted on the yeah. side, very straight hair, where Berkowitz's hair was a little curly. He had a Jew fro. Yeah, it wasn't funny. They knew that it was... She's part of the court, and they just put her on the list to get killed. Who? Um, who are you talking about, Donnie? Donna Loria. Donna Loria. Was this... I think she knew those people that... I think she knew well, David's uh, people. Right. The word on, on in, in Maury's book and, and the story as it's been told is that... Um, Donna Loria was at the Peachtree uh, discotheque in New Rochelle, which members of the Carr family used to go to. And somehow or other, she was either talking about the group or knew about the group. But there was somebody who called in and said, uh, who was reported to have said, Donna has one week to live. Um, wow. Yeah, but all these Do you think that's true? Do you think that's true? What do you think? I, honestly, the more I look into this, the less I know. Um, you know, some people are saying that uh, none of the Son of Sam incidents were Son of Sam incidents. They were all mafia hits. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, we know that Berkowitz admitted to a few. We know he got the parking ticket at the last one. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, a lot, quite a few people are trying to make connections between the victims. What can you tell can me about the yellow buggy that was always in a lot of these kids the yellow buggy even your video there was that old cadillac or whatever that was in oh i kept on seeing the old like, cadillac. What the yeah. Hell? yeah i thought it was like some sign from uh sign either sign from above or sign from below i wasn't sure which. <laughs> <laughs> i got it work for you there so i gotta call you i know it was <laughs> i can imagine i can understand one old cadillac but two and they were both yeah yeah it was really, yeah. very weird that was great that was great but the, the, the other shooting, um, Alexander Assau and Val, Valentina Suriani in the Bronx, a lot of people don't realize that that was only a few blocks away from the first shooting. Correct. Gloria Valenti was only a few blocks away. Now, Berkowitz owned up to both of those. Right. All right. Now, was, was the Bronx kind of considered his territory, his area? That's what he says in the book, that he was responsible for the Bronx. And, of course, um, wow. he grew up in the East Bronx, right in that area. And one of the things that was great for me going out and doing these was because this was the first time I was in these areas as well. I was bringing you guys, you know, along sort of with me for the ride. And I had no clue that these sites were so close to each other. 
I had no clue that they were in the same general area where Berkowitz was familiar with and grew up in and knew all the highways and streets and roads and everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that he was going to do the East Bronx, and those were the only shootings in the Bronx. But um, maybe he was like me. As a Bronx boy, he couldn't navigate Queens. So, you know. <laughs> I know. Queens is tough. Places, drive, lanes, roads. All that. <laughs> The other thing, too, is now, March 10th, 1977, uh, Mayor B at the time and the NYPD held a press conference. There was mayor ever. And that kind of was the first time they were putting the pieces together that they got something related. They didn't on the same at that point. It was just a 44 caliber killer. Correct. But after, after the Asao Suriani shootings... In, uh, that's when Son of Sam started because he left a letter at the scene correct, across correct. the street. And it's known in the in the SOS community, it's known as the Borelli letter because it was right. to captain the, the NYPD. Right, right. What was but, that letter called? What was it called? It, what was it called again? I'm sorry. Borelli. B O R E L L I. The detective Borelli, right? Correct. Right. Um, then. May 30th, 1977, Jimmy Breslin receives the letter. Jimmy oh, Breslin right. being the famous or infamous uh, reporter yeah. for the Daily News. Right. And, Why did uh, he get a letter? He got a letter mailed to him. That's an outrage. All right. And, and, it was mailed to him from Englewood, New Jersey. Right. He went to mail it to him. Right. Right. Wow. Well, we don't know who went well, there. Well, we don't. I'm finding, right, right, we I'm don't finding out that the cars had, a, had had some relatives in New Jersey, so we're parsing all that out as well. It's amazing. How it's like this whole web. Yeah. Of, you know. Yeah. I don't understand how anybody could worry about a nationwide conspiracy when a five-block radius of Yonkers is hard enough to deal with. The, the tangled webs of people, the relationships, the bars, the saloons, the taverns, the, the luncheonettes, all these people who were kind of all connected in this seamy underbelly of Lake Avenue. Um, just that's challenging enough. So, you know, that's why I'm only concentrating in my work on, uh, on the uh, Yonkers angle and I don't, and the Bronx as well, New York City, right? But I yeah. don't get into yeah. the whole nationwide thing. No, I, I think I think it's too, it's too much of a stretch and it's too indirect uh, dealing that, dealing it like no. the whole story with the sound, son of Sam. There's so many people. There's so much shit. There's so much legacy. So much history. We could talk about this for the next twenty years, but where are we going to figure out who did what they did? But well, but you know Manny's talking about Yonkers, and that's that's, that's where, the way it started. That's Yonkers. where that's where it starts, and that's where it should the end. Is, in a way, the thing is, Rob, we already we kind of already know who did everything. That's the thing. Maury Terry actually solved this case in about 1980, 1981. But the I'm, problem was nobody did anything about it. Nobody's like really like nobody right. really got arrested and they checked. And well, half of the people, people that uh, did it are gone. Yeah, a lot of people met ill fates without having to get arrested. The Carr brothers both were uh, basically uh, jelly by 1980. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, one of the things we're finding now that Maury Terry has passed, and I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying. If it wasn't for Maury Terry, I wouldn't be sitting right here talking. Yeah, to you. Maury Terry was the king. 
He was the man. He was the, the a great, his greatest achievement was, of course, exposing us in the first place. But, yeah. But nobody is a god, all right? And nobody is infallible. And what we're finding now is that Maury left out so much of the Yonkers information. Yeah. In the book. And in, in, and in reality, really didn't even give us the real story and give us a, a, a much of a depth of the story, despite how good the book was. Wow. And so that's what we're trying to do now. We're trying to get access to Maury's files. We're trying to um, confirm things that we kind of already know. Like I said, this case was solved. I, I know names, all right? I can't get into them in the show. But yeah. I know who shot this person. I know who shot that. I know who was... Don't get into that. He's a review that. <laughs> right. And the thing is, yeah, Maury was rightly scared. And back in 1980, these were young men. Yeah. Well, not young, but middle-aged men. Uh, and, yeah. But now they're all old. That we're dead. So now's the time, hopefully, that we can start getting more stories out. And now that Maury Terry is gone, right? He's not such an overpowering presence yeah. over the whole thing, acting as the gatekeeper. I get when I talk to you, I get this weird like Jim Morrison vibe from you. Oh, don't say that. Jim Morrison was a rich. Rich boy, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. In I get that vibe. Like you got that look. Like you're a rock. Yeah. Boy, you're a rock star. Yeah, you got that look. Like you got this weird. Now he's, like it look. He's a Rush fan. He's a Rush. Oh, he's fan. A rush fan. Yeah, this is Getty Lee. Uh, Getty Lee look. I got you. But you, but you were walking with your glasses and telling stories. Say this guy's a fucking rock star. Thank <laughs> you. Well, I appreciate it. But now all I am is a dude from the Bronx who woke up one day and decided he needed to do some artistic work and. I, I knew, listen, I had started my YouTube channel doing gardening videos because that's what I do. I, you know what? You kind of very for that. The garden was fantastic. It was. I, I watched know, some of it. I don't know why you want to get rid of that because you had a gift. Well, let me tell that you. garden stuff is huge. Nobody watched the gardening stuff. I got four views in like two two or three months. But uh, pretty much within three days out of, after my first Son of Sam video, I realized all right, people are much more interested in this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I decided to to really push it. But when I first started, I wasn't part of a team. I, I, I was just going out there talking about the ultimate evil. Yeah. Um, but after the second video is when I started to meet Carl and I started to meet my, my team of Jess D and John Mitchell. And we started to compare notes and talking about names that we had come across over wow. the years. And we just had the best experience doing it that we all formed this amazing creative team and then they started feeding me all this new information about yonkers and yeah wow. those have been getting more deep and deep is because i'm just getting access to this stuff yeah um, short stories any death threats hmm? have you got any death threats yet no i have gotten one guy who called me that it could he said some weird stuff that could be construed as a threat um, but, uh, when I asked him, Hey man, is that a threat? Like he goes, no, no, I have, I, I would never, have right. him, um, but yeah, doing this work inside, you be getting death threat or people, cause there's people that's trolls that love to follow it. They're just people that like me. I love trolls. I make them cry. <laughs> I, I love the, I, I, I stay above the fray. Um, once I started realizing that there were some negative haters out there, I stopped participating in all the social media yeah all the, there's always yeah. there's always yeah. haters uh because you can't feed it that's what they want they want your attention but um 
I have heard rumblings of people who are very pissed off at me because they feel like, who is this dude who came in here? Who does he think he is? People have like an ownership over Son of Sam, which I think is kind of weird. But, uh, you know, look, we're just trying to fill in the gaps that Maury left us. If he had told us these stories, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you something, Manny. Maury Terry was from Yonkers. And you're 100% right with he left a lot out of the book. Do you, think, do, you, do you think that that was something that maybe was hitting close to home for him or something even he couldn't, he was unable to acknowledge that it was happening under his own, you know, under his own nose. And no, quite the opposite. We have we have in Maury's own words. Um, if you if you uh, if the audience wants to watch a video of mine called "A Requiem for Karen Wallstrom," yes, we have in Maury's own words that in 1960 he was hearing about John Carr specifically that name, John Carr, with another fellow whose name is Scout. Now we know who Scout is. <laughs> not going to say his name. Right. Scout was a, allegedly another member of the 22 Disciples of Hell. And yeah. Maury Terry was hanging out, seeing them together in 1960, and they were talking about witchcraft. So Maury knew all of this going back Jim. to 19, at least 1960. Yeah, it goes back that far. Um, now, the, the, another shooting, the second to last one, was the Sal Lupo, Judy Placido one mm -hmm. at the disco inside. The uh, office disco. Now, I just want to bring up a point to our, our listeners. I, I found this fascinating. And I know you know this. In the Son of Sanders, there's references to demons and stuff. And one that they mention is, is Behemoth. Correct. Okay. And the demon Behemoth is in, in the occult. It's referenced by an elephant. Wow. Okay, represented, I should say, by an elephant. I think there's other representations, but one one is an elephant. And Latin for elephant is elephas. Exactly. So, I mean, it's right in front of you. I don't think you have to yeah. be a, a rocket scientist, you know, to see. Yeah, that. I mean, you could spend a you could spend an entire video series just on the letters themselves, for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the video the, the letters are highly interesting. There's one uh, in the Borelli letter, there's one uh, piece of it that's starting to get a little bit more attention. It's the first letter and it says, is a line that says Z, the letter Z. Z women of Queens are the prettiest of all. And some people are starting to speculate that that is in reference to a 1974 murder of a woman named Leslie Zaret, Z-A-R-E-T who was found, unfortunately, raped and uh, strangled in Queens, not too far from, I believe, where uh, the Denaro shooting site was. Right. And, wow. um, they said that uh, Berkowitz witnessed that murder. So, you know, we're trying to figure out all that kind of stuff. I mean, listen, one, you, one thing I'm finding out about this case is that you open up one door, there's a million webs right there, and you could spend yeah. all your time just on that. Right, right. Now the, the last, uh, the last, was that that girl, Mary, the girl in Sioux Falls, the one that they got in the church? Oh, the oh, that's the, the that's the church. That that's the process murder. Yeah. What do you think about that case? Is that you? Just I don't think anything of it. I think Maury Terry stretched 
Oh, Perry. Yeah. Perry. I think that was more. I think that was him trying to get more news, and he didn't even need that. But suppose yeah. today, it was Dave. Like, he should have kept his final That's why he did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now the last, the last murder, um, I guess is is the most focused. All of them, in some ways, that's the the Robert Violante and Stacy Moskowitz murder down by. Shore Parkway in Bath Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on July 31st, 77. You're going to head down there, right? Yeah, we're going to head down there. What we're going to do is we're going to do a um, a forensic recreation of Maury Terry's timeline. He has that murder timeline starting at 1.30 in the morning or right. 1.15 in the morning with various witnesses seeing the yellow Volkswagen, various witnesses seeing David Berkowitz somewhere else. So what we're going to do is we're going to film all those scenes and we're going to um, sort of prove Maury Terry right or wrong. Uh, personally, I think we're going to prove him right because that, that was his most airtight case um, in proving that Berkowitz did not do all of the shootings. Cause- yeah, I mean, I won't go into the whole thing because you can see it on the Netflix series. You're going to call it. It's in Maury Terry's book. You should read. Yeah, it's a great but, book. But I will say this. If Berkowitz did that, did that murder, he would have had to been like a track star because there was no time to do it. Not only a track star, Mike, but he would have had to have gained, uh, lose 30 pounds. Lose 30, right. He was a big guy. Right, and gain it all back within about two minutes. No and way to guy brought in a few blocks like that in two minutes, you know. I right. can't and change his hairstyle and uh, change his wardrobe. Right. So, yeah, it was right. pathetic. The cops did a horrible job with Son of Sam. Um, a lot of people knew what was going on. I did a uh, an interview with Detective Hank Sinati. Who was oh shit, Sinati, yeah. Yeah, who did? Who was a character in the um, in the book? And Sinati is, uh, you know, getting on in age a little bit, and I think that he was being a little cagey with me in the interview as well. But uh, we're hoping that we get another follow-up interview because he was another uh, a, a detective in the NYPD who did not believe that um, the Son of Sam murders were committed just by Berkowitz. And furthermore, I, I he, think there this, were, he knew about right. this before he met Maury Terry. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think they were totally murdered because they definitely got killed. But the whole reason is why. What the hell happened? What? Why did they... Did they Tell David, we're going to kill your mother if you do this killer, or you got to take the fall for this, because that's where it lies. Did right. this guy just take the name of a bunch of people and went to jail? Yeah, he, he, was the, he was the ultimate patsy, as Josh Zeman said um, in a podcast that he just interview he just did today with a guy named Jericho. Uh, yeah, David Berkowitz took, took the fall for everybody because, as he said, he, he did two of them anyway. He might as well have... Uh, you know, protect his family from further harm. Right, right. Wow. So what, what, I want to get us a little bit. Um, tell us about what went on possibly in Van Cortlandt Park at Frankie's Castle. That's- well, Frankie's Castle is a very interesting spot in Van Cortlandt Park. It's another one of these aqueduct houses. It's the exact same thing that you find near Untermeyer Park. The same structure and everything. Um, except it's located in Van Cortlandt Park, and um, it's, it was the scene of uh, the most hardcore and, and brutal satanic rituals that the cult employed. Um, a lot of 
raping, a lot of murdering took place in there, and, and unfortunately of young kids. Uh, and it happened for many, many years. So yeah, we went and we checked out Frankie's Castle. Uh, this was about a week ago. I can't believe how much, how many views that video got. That thing got like 4,000 views in very little time. That's so crazy, man. It's clearly like an interest in this. Uh, it's been a blast for me to do, of course, because, um, well, I enjoy it just like the crowd does. So we're kind of all in this together. And that's what I think one, yeah. of, the, one of the reasons why people are responding so positive. It's positive. A about it. it is. I mean, it, it encompasses, uh, you know, quite a few years. Um, you're saying it goes back possibly to the 1950s. Um, well, we're getting information that could possibly go back to the 1920s. Uh, yeah. Some doctors that we know about in Yonkers. Well, I mean, Untamaya too. We don't know a lot about him. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, why did he buy that estate? Why did he pattern it after, you know, like the, like the Hanging Gardens of Babylon and the Sumerian design and stuff like that? There's a lot. When you when you're in the park and you look at the that one section where the, they have those hanging plants and they have those small, uh, my buddy the other day were Chinese, but they're 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 like little lions. They look almost like dogs. Uh -huh. Okay, and one has its mouth open and the other one has its mouth closed. They're not exactly. <laughs> and I'm looking at them. You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing like Pazuzu from The Exorcist, hey, man. Yeah. It's like that kind of. That kind of design, you know? Yeah, these Federal Reserve guys, they were some they were a sick bunch. I mean, you got one up the street named Boyce Thompson from Untermeyer yeah. Park. And yeah. that was that was another spot that we exposed in my video series that that was another place where the rituals were taking place. And he was even weirder. Um you know, that, I, I saw your clip. It was it, your clip was it was a strange mansion there that you were on the outside. You said it had a pool on the second floor. Correct. That, that's that was, strange. Uh, yeah, it was this huge pool. It was unbelievable, and um, and I was told that that's where they used to hang people in rituals. Wow, in, in an empty pool, obviously, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, that's another thing that people don't realize is that you know, Yonkers, particularly in those years, had all these abandoned spots where kids could go and get into mischief, and not only kids could go and get into mischief, but adults could go and do all sorts of stuff in the middle of the night that they maybe couldn't have gotten away with in their homes. So they had the mansions, they had Untermeyer Park, which was in a complete state of disarray. I got a, I got a newspaper article from 1964, and the headline is, Dope and Drug Orgies Take Place in Untermeyer Park, right? So 1964, this is happening. They knew so it. There's something up with Lake Avenue. Um, that's my focus. I couldn't care less about the process or Manson. In fact, I think Manson's a psyop anyway, personally. Now, um, what I noticed is that in, in some of your videos, and I, I like that you do this, um, you, you make an appeal, okay, to people. And you've been saying how, you know, a lot of years have passed. If you want to tell the truth, now's the time. Clear, clear your conscience, things like that. There are, I mean... There are people out there, you know, they, they, they're still alive. They might be 75, 80 years old, but they know. Exactly. Okay? The age group is, is about 72 to 80 years old. Um, they're on their last legs. I'm hoping that someone comes out. We are getting quite a few um, testimonials from people. I get emails every day from people from that neighborhood 
and we got some great ones talking about Karen Wallstrom and talking about various priests in the neighborhood who were notorious pedophiles. A lot of stuff that I haven't released to the public There's yet. There's a ton of pedophiles out there. Yeah. That, that neighborhood in Yonkers, that's keeping me busy, man. God bless anybody who wants to look at the process, the mafia, all that kind of stuff. But I'm focusing on Lake Avenue. You're going, you, I think if you start looking at that, you're just going off the wrong, you know. black van that was taking kids. The black, yes. the black van in Yonkers, right? I heard about a black van in the Bronx that was taking kids. But um, yeah. one of the things we're finding is that these people are, and I'm finding this out today even, um, these higher-ups in the cults in Yonkers were all, not all, but quite a few of them were associated with um, child welfare charities, and specifically ones where they imported kids from Latin America. Now, this is the 1950s, 1960s. So, like, who were these kids? Are there any documentation on them? What happened to them when they got here? Was this whole thing just a front to get access to kids? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of shady stuff that happened in Yonkers. We're even getting the orphanage they used to steal uh, from. Huh? There was an orphanage they used to take the kids from, too. Right next to Hunter Meyer Park. There was right next to Hunter Meyer Park, yeah. And, yeah, and, and nobody... people, yeah, people got to remember, this was the era when there were no surveillance cameras, there was no computerized records, nothing, yeah. none of that. And yeah. so it was very easy to do these types of things um, to, you know, un unfortunately to children. Yeah. Okay, so let's wrap things up. All okay. right. And um, I want to thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. And before you go, though, I want to, you know, when we spoke yesterday, we had a great conversation on the phone, and you mentioned you wanted to make a special appeal to somebody. Yes. Can, okay. let, let, can you do it? Yes, I want to make an appeal to Ace Fraley. Now, Ace, much respect, Ace. Love you. Uh, and I'm not saying you were a member of the Son of Sam cult. That's not what it's about. <laughs> but Ace, we know you grew up on Mashaloo Parkway. We know you grew up there in the 60s and early 70s. Mashaloo Parkway was right next to Van Cortland Park. We know that you were involved with the Ducky Boys with some gangs. Yes. Hey, Ace, hey, we'd love to get you on my show. We'd love to see what you know about the, all the deviants in Van Cortland Park. Even if it's not necessarily about the Satanists, we want to know about all the stuff that was taking place in Van Cortland. But Ace, you probably know something, so we want to hear from you. And Ace Freely from Kiss is going on tour with Alice Cooper. Yeah, I'm going. And I'm going to be there, so if you see me, Ace, let me know what's going on in Van Cortland. Hook me up, hook me up. Hook me up. Now, you need to call this kid. you got a great show. you got a great thing going on. Now, you remind me of to me, it's like a rock star. Well, thank you. Brian. Love your work. Far from it. Yeah. Okay. So thank you, and uh, stay in touch. And uh, remember what I said. And if you need any help, okay. Yeah. We got a lot of people. If you want to do okay. something, what's up? Anytime, let me know. You want to come on the show because you got new evidence? Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's keep the conversation open for sure. This was fun. Breaking, it'll be like breaking news from Yonkers, okay? Yeah, we can do that. We can talk. Definitely. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt, Maddie, I got a few cops I've ever needed some of those guys. Names. They, they were what? I'm sorry. You're, you broke no, I, I know a few cops that are relatives that work out there. If you ever needed some help, they can, they'll take you serious. Cool. All right. Well, maybe one of these days I'll need it. Okay. These are my guys, so right. <laughs> trust me that 
they get fucked up. <laughs> All right. Good luck. We'll be watching your videos, okay? Thanks, hey, Grossman channel on YouTube, buddy. Yeah, I, we became subscriber. We're subscribing to your channel. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Okay, bye.